this episode, I talk to Kaunda Chama, a Zambian who currently lives in South Africa. We talk about his heritage, Zambia, and what it means to find a who. Where are you originally from, Kaunda? Uh, I'm originally from Zambia. It's uh, a country in Southern Africa, just below the current Democratic Republic of Congo and above Zimbabwe. So it's sort of sandwiched in between Zimbabwe and the Congo up on the top and Angola and Malawi to the sides. You know, I always, like my geography is really short and it's really (laughs) short. I always thought Zambia was a little further north than what it actually is. Ah, no, no, it's it's actually yeah. clo- closer than you think. For it kind su- of makes sense. For though, a South right, African, with... right? Let me give you context yeah. for a South African. Flying to yeah. Lusaka, the capital city of Zambia, is the same mm-hmm. amount of time it would take you to fly from Joburg to Cape Town. If the planes Really? Took- yes, if the planes took off exactly at the same time, they would arrive exactly at the same time. Oh, that's a short trip. I know. It's very short. That's a really short trip. So then it kind of makes sense in how people would move from South Africa to Zambia, right? I mean, I don't know how far north people ended up going because of Shaga and what he did, but ah oh, wow, okay, that that kind of makes that makes well, sense. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because um first of all I always use the journey of the word to to determine how connected people are, right? Uh, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna use uh, first the journey of the word which I use uh, to. Now the word nyama means meat, right? Yeah. The word nyama means meat all the way from the southernmost tip of Africa, all the way to Zimbabwe, to Malawi, to Zambia, to Uganda, to Kenya. If you ask them Nyama, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. All the way up to Tanzania. How hectic is hectic. that? Hectic. Which lets you know <laughs> <laughs> that there, there, there was a group of people who just kept on going. Some people would stay behind and say, now nah, we're cool. We're going to chill here. This looks cool. You know, I like the scenery. You guys can keep on going. I, don't, I know Shaka ain't going to reach here. But you yeah. all can keep going. And yeah. just to take it back to Shaka Zulu, like, uh, um, in history, we learned about a period called the, yeah, correct me if I say it wrong, the Mfekane. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, was, I didn't learn that, so I don't know it. Okay, it's, it's sort of like uh, a, a migration north, which was caused by Shaka's wars. So Shaka was mm-hmm. about, uh, yeah, it is claimed, let's say it is claimed, Oh, it is said that Shaka was about expanding the Zulu kingdom to become the biggest, greatest kingdom of all time. So how he had to do that was he had to conquer neighboring tribes. Smaller, larger, he didn't care. He had the military expertise. You know, in today's uh, environment, he would have probably been a field marshal, having won so many wars and come back. You know, he would have been a straight green beret. So... What he did was he was conquering tribes. Now, um, some of those people were like, nah, we don't want to be assimilated into um, the Zulu kingdom, so we're going to run away. And and, uh, connected to my country, which is Zambia, my country of origin, uh, there were people who ran away 
through Zimbabwe, through Malawi, and ended up in what is now the eastern province of uh, Zambia. Um, uh, I think it was a, a gentleman, I might stand corrected, but his name was Zwangendaba. He's the one who ran as far as, uh, as, as Zambia with a tribe called the Ngoni. So if you go to Zambia, in the eastern province, you find the Ngoni tribe, you find the Chewa tribe, which is also found in Malawi, you find the Nsenga, and you find the Tumbuka. And their language and the word choices uh, on the word uses is very similar to Zulu and Kosa in South Africa. And, and that will show you the, the impact of, first of all, the the, 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 the great trek, if you will, uh, running away from Shaka and his uh, band of merry men. And... Um, yeah, it, it's just, it just goes to show you, I mean, the distance <laughs> from, say, KwaZulu-Natal to Chipata in Zambia is far. I mean, yeah. that's, that's months and months of walking, if not years. So, mm. yeah, uh, the, 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 the migration that took place around that time uh, has had a big impact because, the, like I'm saying, the journey of the word, which shows you that Maybe some people did take a left and stop off in the eastern province of uh, Zambia. Some stayed in Malawi, but the rest carried on going. Hence, why I said you can go all the way as far as Tanzania and you find the word nyama still mm -hmm. means meat. That's wild. I mean, I wanna I wanna come back to this point about you know places of origin and even word origins. You mentioned that. Um, in Zambia, there's a there's a there's a tribe, I guess, called Ngoni. Yes. How different are? Why is there a difference between because there's the Nguni tribe, right? And the Nguni tribes also go all the way up to Kenya and pro probably even Tanzania. Why? The, is it like how Americans changed their English and Zambians decided to go from Nguni to Ngoni? <laughs> well. Nguni is like a, a collection of languages, right? Nguni languages, which sounds very similar. So it would be your Develes, your Zulus, your Kosas, uh, and yeah. those languages. So those Nguni languages, they've got uh, similarities. And, and and I think the Ngonis, Tumbukas, Chewas, uh, uh, and uh, Ngonis, Tumbukas, Chewas, and Sengas of, of Zambia would also be classified as Nguni languages. But I think certain words change as people uh like intermarry with other languages and form sub tribes of tribes like you can imagine the 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 the, 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 the zulus that you find in zambia don't speak the zulu that you speak in uh in south africa it sounds a little bit different certain words have been changed and i think it's because of location so is it like uh, the Joburg Zulu and the KZN Zulu? <laughs> no, th those are even close. It's 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 okay. a completely different. Uh, certain words are being changed. Like like you see, uh, if a person who speaks Ngoni in Zambia, uh, who sometimes have the surname Zulu, when they say Kanjani mm -hmm. in Zambia, that means how you doing. But in in South Africa, when you say Kanjan, it's like a question, like you know right. how how. Yeah. But but Kunjani is the the greeting. Uh, but it, 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 if you say Skoropo, it means like a dishcloth or a floorcloth, right? Right. 
in the, the Ngonis in Zambia would say Chikolopo because it, it's, I, I think because of mixing with other tribes, intermarrying, staying apart, uh, la- different dialects of the same language are created. Just like you said, there's the Zulu that's spoken in KwaZulu-Natal, and then there's the Zulu that's spoken in Gauteng in Johannesburg, which is a little bit different because obviously they've moved away from the source, if you will. So it starts getting a little bit diluted. That's wild because I think of the the terms that you were just mentioning, how you find certain pronunciations Mm. in other languages, like, Tsonga and Shang, well, I can't say Shangan because that's derogatory, but Tsonga, um, you hear it in that language. So it makes me think of, you know, how you mentioned certain word origins can go all the way up to Tanzania. I've mentioned in a previous podcast that I traced my lineage all the way to Tanzania. Wow. But I thought. Or my thinking, and I believe that's the case, that somebody came from Tanzania all the way down to South Africa. It didn't, it wasn't the opposite way where, you know, Shaga chased people away. Well, pretty much people were fleeing from Shaga and they landed in Tanzania. Um, But my people, or, you know, (laughs) I say my people because of the the last name that my father carries that I carry as well um going all the way up to Tanzania I mean we've had this conversation before where I was like hey, people think I look as like a certain people from their own region whether it's Ghana or Nigeria um people just don't believe that I'm South African especially other Africans that look at me I I so could have I, been- I could have placed you in East Africa. If you'd, yeah. have told, if you'd have told me you were Maasai from Kenya, I would have believed you as well. Seriously. Really? Yes. I, I would have believed huh. if you said you were Maasai or you were a tribe from Tanzania or something. I, I would have believed you. But, but Tamisek, you see, another thing is, if you, if, you, if you look at the history of Africans, right, we're a nomadic people originally. We were, we were nomadic. Mm-hmm. Before the colonizers, and I'll call them that with all due respect and disrespect at the same time, <laughs> before the colonizers came, right, we had no borders. There, there were no tour gates. There, there was nothing. We were, we were a nomadic people by nature. The weather was fine. We didn't need much. Uh, vegetables and fruits grew in abundance. So, and we farmed and we also set up communities. So we moved around and, 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 and don't get it twisted. As much as Christopher Columbus and, uh, uh, Bartholomew Diaz and all of those guys, uh, and Jan van Riebeck are, are known to be great explorers. We also had our own explorers. I'm sure some guys will get up in Tanzania and say, Dad, Mom, it's been real. I'm 18 years old now. Me and my 14 friends want to find out what's behind that mountain over there and continue going. If we find people that side and we find uh, beautiful ladies, we might even get married and set up villages over there. So people yeah. assume that... Uh, Africans just lived in these little clusters. This was South Africa. This was Zambia. Before the colonizers came, South Africa never existed. Zambia never existed. Zimbabwe never existed. Nigeria never existed. They just existed kingdoms. This is the Zulu kingdom. This is the Sutu kingdom of Moshweshwe. This is the Bemba kingdom of Chitimukuru. This is, you know, it was just, this is the Yoruba. These are the Ibus. These are the houses. You know, these are the Maasai's. And, and, you know, we, 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 these are the 
Kikuyus. We we've never had that, you know, uh, uh, limitations of movement and whatever. And remember, sometimes these kings and uh, and uh, uh, kingdoms would interact. And I, and I know at that time the uh, much like okay, not so well, a little bit less than now, a little bit more than now, but the patriarchy was the thing, right? So you can imagine um, two kings. Uh, are, are nearing war, and and maybe the one is in Kenya, one is in Tanzania, and how would they broker peace? Sometimes they would say, "Okay, my firstborn son will marry your firstborn daughter, so that we become family and we won't be at war." Those are things that would happen in our history, and those are things that also created new tribes that started. Uh, you, you know, extending surnames to go. So you you are until we saying Moshe, right? Moshi, yeah. Moshi, sorry. Uh, so your name. But could that, have, the origin was Moshi. Mm -hmm. Your name could have traveled from further up north all the way down to South Africa, maybe through historic intermarriages, or maybe just mm -hmm. one tribe, one tribe that was originally in Central Africa or in East Africa and separated. And then your side of the family, if I may call it that, moved further south and came and settled in what is now known as South Africa. So I, I think because our history is more oral than written, which is something mm. I'm actually uh, consciously right now trying to change, um, I, I'm, 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 I'm developing a movement. I'm sure I'll, I'll invite you to this movement because we need to change the way we document our history because... Yeah. Oral history, I think, has had its time, and that's the reason why we've lost so much of our information. Now we have to start yeah. documenting things on paper, on video, on tape, everywhere, on hard drives. It has to live right. somewhere. But because of the fact that it was oral history, and sometimes people who know all the details die, and then it, the details become sketchy, that's why I think we find ourselves getting amazed at the fact that... Uh, Okay, why is there a similar name here and a similar name there? Why are there Zulus in Zambia and Zulus in, in, in Zimbabwe and in South Africa and in Malawi? But if you if you look at our history, you realize that, oh, actually, this whole thing was just one place where people could move around and people could settle where they wanted as long as, you know, they were not fighting with anybody. And if they had to fight with somebody, the conqueror, took the spot and they conquered, either had to move and run away or, you know, deal with it. So, you know, uh, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for being adventurous and being explorers. And, yeah. and the fact that a guy called Javu Kanyile could have traveled all the way from Cape Town and wound up in the Democratic Republic of Congo and started mm. his own family there because he was welcomed. Maybe he arrived yeah. somewhere and he had gold and he said, hey, my king, I just want to join your tribe because I'm a, an adventurous guy. Oh, and they're like, okay, welcome. There's some farming land over there. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're strong enough, farm. Here's a little farm. Because bef back in the days, it was kings and queens that, that had the ruling, right? Hey, strangers yeah. arrived in town. Okay, go and talk to the advisors of the chief or the king or the chief. And you talk to him and then you're like, Okay, and I'm so and so. I've traveled from this side. I'm not a criminal. All I want to do is settle here. Okay, let's ask mm -hmm. the king. King, here's a man. How do you rule? Oh, no, he seems like a good enough guy. Settle there with your family. And that's it. And you become part of that nation. Just like right now, how Kaunda Chama from Zambia, you know, in, in, moved to South Africa. 
now he lives here and he's got a wife who was born in South Africa and they've got children. I, you know, I, I don't think that situation is anything new. I, I think yeah. even even before the borders and the passports and all, all that, stuff like that was happening anyway. Do you think, though, um, because we were, we were all one, we didn't have these 54 states, right? Mm -hmm. um, do you think the rhetoric about pan-Africanism is healthy? Um, like you said, there were kings and queens that existed before. But did they actually get along? Because at the end of the day, we always fighting for land and territory and the strongest man wins, right? Uh, and so, you know, we always talk about African-Americans coming back home, meaning coming back to Africa and knowing rather that they have a home in Africa. Mm. Do you think that, you know, Pan-Africanism is, is good banter? I, I, I love that. The, the, the whole idea of uh, Pan-Africanism. If I had a whole country, I would actually give it to brothers and sisters in the States and say, come and live here. It's your spot. If you can make this place habitable and, and, and make it vibrant, you, you can have it. Uh, so I'm saying, truth be told, human beings are human beings, right? Not even Europeans all got along. That's why the French and the Europeans don't get along. That's why the, the yeah. I mean, sorry, the French and the English don't get along. English, yeah. And that's why the English and the Germans have a strange relationship. Because, you know, things happened in history, World War One, World War Two. Now, if you, if you look at Africa, right, obviously not all the kings got along. But mm. how African wars were fought was, we have a war. And you, you were given a time, like, okay. We're going to come and invade because we want that land. And then you either had to say, okay, look, we don't want any, any beef. Let's just be assimilated into your kingdom, whether it's the Zulu kingdom, and we'll become part of it. And then we can do whatever it is, whether they paid taxes, I'm not sure, or they gave offerings to the king or whatever it is that they did. Now, there were those that resisted, of course, because not, not everybody just stands there and is ready to be you know, conquered. Some people said, no, I'll, I'll fight for my land. And there were wars. But I think it would be quite presumptuous to say that not all kings got along. And hence, mm. I go back to my situation where it was a very tactical thing for intermarriages, especially with royal blood, so that there would be peace between two tribes. Because once, once, once your daughter marries my son, we are now family. So how are you going to kill me now? How are you going to fight with me now? You can't. You, they, they've broken. That, 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 that's part of the brokering of the peace. And then mm -hmm. a Bemba Zambian now would marry a South African Zulu, and then there would be that connection. Now, you've got to remember that now that, that Bemba marriage with the Zulu woman becomes a whole different tribe after a while, if you will. Mm -hmm. You understand what I mean? Or yeah. either it gets assimilated on one side, usually because of the patriarchy that existed, obviously to be assimilated on whoever was the, 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 the husband side, or they would decide because now, you know, it's two different people from two different tribes, they would break away and start their own kingdom, if you will. So, so many things happened. I mean, it wasn't all homogeneous happenings, of course. There were different things that happened during the time. But I really do support, uh, in terms of saying, Pan-Africanism because I, I, I think the fact that 
we have been taught over time that we are so different and we're from different countries and we have different complexions and we have different languages and we have different heights and this and that. That's the, one of the major uh, psychological tactics to make sure that we don't unite as one. Mm. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. In South Africa, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a tribe who I won't mention, or can I be free to mention? Go ahead. The vendors. When I first moved to South Africa, uh, I, there was a tri- there's a tribe in the northernmost part of uh, South Africa. The, 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 um, the, the, the province is called the Limpopo province. Uh, you find the vendor tribe there. I noticed that people looked down upon them. First of all, because their language didn't sound similar to most languages because a lot of South African languages have similarities. Like even people speak Sutu, Tswana, Zulu, Kosa, there's similarities there. But Vendas, Tsongas, and Shangans, their languages are so different to the rest right. of them. that. And then you'd find a lot of them, their complexions were rather on the dark side, such as myself. Because some, mm. somebody once upon a time thought I was actually a vendor. Mm. They were kind of looked down upon. It's kind of like mm-hmm. because their language sounds foreign and because mm. their complexion also looks foreign. And, and, and you could see that that's something that's been ingrained in people's minds over time. Same yeah. thing with where I come from in Zambia. You find there's... Um, there are some people, because Zambia is, is an interesting country. Now, I'm, I'm going to sidebar here largely and just tell you that the people in the western province, some of them came from the Sutu kingdom uh, through Angola. So, uh, Lozi, which is spoken in the west, sounds very much like Sutu. The, the, if a Lozi person was to go to Basotuland or even Botswana, they'll be able to understand what, what, what people are talking about. They'll be able to interact. My tribe, which is the Bemba tribe, which is in the north of Zambia, came from the Democratic Republic of Congo, which was then Zaire, or, or the kingdom that it was before that, and settled in the north and Wapula side of town. The eastern guys, like I told you, came from uh, South Africa. They ran away from Shaka's Wars. And the guys in the southern province, a lot of them say they're the original Zambians because they were there, but you can see... Their language as well is similar to the Shonas and Debeles that come from Zimbabwe. So Zambia is a sort of like a melting pot of different tribes that just came and settled in this one area that later became uh, northern Rhodesia then became Zambia. Now, in Zambia also, you will see that uh, people that are of a lighter complexion are considered to be smarter, more beautiful, and more appealing. Mm-hmm. And people who are of a darker complexion are considered to be backwards, you know, and not, not appealing. And, 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 and you look at that, and, and this is on face value. Before you even interact with that person, you already, you already have those, you know, preconceived ideas. Like, yes, this is what that person is like. And that's why I would, uh, and I know it, it sounds very 
uh, uh, utopic, if you will. Uh, it, it sounds like when my friends used to laugh at me when I used to support former South African President Thabo Mbeki when he used to talk about the African Renaissance. And I was like, I was always like, that's my president. He knows what time it is. But he was just a yeah. bit ahead of his time because he yeah. had local issues that he needed to sort out before he started talking about the African Renaissance. Uh, but right, right. to me, uh, I think Pan-Africanism and, 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 and gaining uh, uh, an African identity for all Africans, whether they be African-Americans, whether it be African-British people, African-Australians, African-Germans, whatever they are, th there is a need for us to regain our identity, regain our identity, our grace, our stature. In Nas, uh, in the song, I Am, put it quite right. Mm -hmm. He said, we were kings and queens, not porch monkeys. And, and, and that landed heavy in my head. Where he, talk, he talks about Timbuktu and Kush, where people used yeah. to come to read books and, and get educated. It, it, we, 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 we have lost so much in, in this whole colonialism, apartheid, slavery, you name any atrocity that's taken place. Uh, we, we need to regain that. And the only way we can regain that is if we come together and 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 I, and I know I'm talking 50 states here, if not 51. Um, you're talking so many languages, so many tribes, but it is possible because now we have basically three languages, uh, or make make it four languages, maybe even five, that we can speak and have translated, and everybody can. Uh, understand each other. You got the you got the francophone states with French. You got the anglophone states with with uh, with, with English. You got the lusophone states with Portuguese. Then you got those that speak Spain. Then in East Africa, you got the Swahili speaking uh, nations. But the, even the Swahili speaking nations also speak English. So basically, if you can find translations for English, Portuguese, Spain, and French, we can all communicate. Right. There, there is no language barrier. Nothing. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because, you know, I am very careful with the pan-Africanism kind of thing because, like you said, you know, it's not like, it, it's presumptuous knowledge to think that all kings did not get along. Mm -hmm. um, and intermarrying um, majority of the time was how, you know, people really got on. And you mentioned so many good points. And even about the vendors, I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, yes, I remember myself, you know, looking down on vendors because they looked different, even mm. though they were from South Africa, they mm. sounded different. Um, they just, their language is completely different to a lot of the languages in, in South Africa. And let's be real. They are just built differently, yes. you know, um, stature-wise and just facial features. Mm -hmm. They looked more foreign than South Africans, which reminds me of, you know, the xenophobic attacks that happen in South Africa. Being there, being married to a South African and knowing the things that happened, like, how did, how did you... What do you think the really the root cause of these um, xenophobic attacks are? 
Look, uh, I, I, there, there, there are a lot of causes. First of all, um, you know, there, there are a lot of economic immigrants in South Africa, right? Yeah. And um, a lot of people migrate from their countries of origin out of financial desperation because maybe the poverty levels in, in neighboring states such as Zimbabwe, Malawi, Zambia, uh, uh, even the Democratic Republic of Congo, even as far up as Gabon, Tanzania, Kenya, you name it. Uh, when South Africa got its liberation and uh, the, there was freedom of movement in and out of South Africa from around 1995, right? Well, maybe even a little bit earlier than that when Mandela was freed. But uh, a lot of people would come to South Africa. And of course, uh, I, I, Having been uh, in South Africa since the mid-90s, I saw a lot of things take place. And and one of the things that would happen, and, and I'll say this openly, uh, a lot of guys that guys and girls, I'll use the, the word guys just to, or a lot of people or job seekers that would come from outside of the country, right, would, because sometimes it would be desperation, sometimes it would be lack of understanding of what minimum wage is or, you know, what market-related salaries are, uh, would accept a lower salary to that which is being demanded by a South African because they do not understand the, the environment. And to them, uh, they make a calculation and say, okay, I'll be able to pay rent and then I'll be able to do this. Okay, I'll take it. Then a, a, a lot of foreign people started getting jobs, and I'm talking here, uh, the lower LSM here, right? The lower LSM started getting jobs uh, as opposed to South Africans. So where a South African who knows that if you're offering me 1,000 rand a month, you are underpaying me. So you'd be like, no, I'm not going to take that job. Maybe somebody from Zambia, Malawi, Zim comes who doesn't know that you could actually get paid 2,500 rand for that job, agrees to take it for 1,200 maybe. That also causes a certain level of resentment. You understand what I mean? Because yeah. somebody says, you see now, these guys are coming from out of the country and they're just accepting any old salary because maybe where they're coming from, it's, it's you know, they're poverty stricken. So, so now yeah. they come here. Now we can't get those jobs because these guys are willing to work for those peanuts. So, so that creates, you know, that, 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 that's, that creates, uh, a, a very bad feeling, like a, a very bad feeling between the, the, the foreign, the black foreign workers and the, the black local workers. Then, then it gets to, 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 to an, a, 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 another level, right? So, so first you got that employment. Then things I've heard uh, with my own ears and that have shocked me is, uh, when me, uh, I don't see myself as a foreigner anymore because I've been in South Africa for 25 years. I think I've earned a stripe or two, right? But, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but people will, will, will come to you. First of all, they, they, they think they can confide in me. And I'm talking about white people will come to me and say, you know, I would never employ South Africans because South Africans are lazy. That's why mm. at my company I employ foreigners because they work harder than South Africans. And you see now, that's planting a bad seed in that mm. foreign guy's head that, oh, South African, black South Africans are lazy. And there was another thing that was said to me, uh, and I had to tell somebody off where they said, 
because um, I, I'm a bit of a journeyman. I've grown up in different parts of the world, so uh, I sound a little bit different to your average Zambian or your average South African, right? So I'm talking to people, and I know certain things that the average person who hasn't really traveled wouldn't know. So when I start talking and I start understanding certain jokes, and then somebody actually told me, you know, you're not like them. You're better than them. You're different. You understand us. And I was highly offended. <laughs> because I was like, wow. who, who are them? And wow. why am I better than them? Because my accent sounds different? Because yeah. I, I, I can speak the Queen's English? Or because I understand Anglo-Saxon jokes? Just because yeah. I grew up in Britain? Uh, so I'm all, all of a sudden I'm better. I, I, you know, it, it was a conversation that we had that turned into a very uh, uncomfortable back and forth. But you see how such little things feed into um, society. And now I, I noticed uh, towards the end of the 90s, now there was this now narrative that um, uh, foreigners uh, come to South Africa and they steal South African jobs and they steal yeah. South African women. Mm. Wow, I'm feeling so guilty right now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they steal uh, South African jobs, they steal South African women, they, 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 they live in houses which are rightfully uh, belong to South Africans. You know, you know, you know and, I, and I think there's a there's a certain, and, and, and I stand corrected, uh, group of people that start feeding that narrative because it also causes instability amongst blacks of different groupings. Mm. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. uh, if, if, if blacks from other parts of the country conscientize the South Africans that are in South Africa, not that they need conscientizing because they're quite conscious, but if there's a certain level of unity that takes place, that makes that unit stronger. So to me, I get the, the sense that those little nuances that are planted, ooh, these people you're, come to, from, foreign language, from foreign lands and take your women. Ooh, South Africans are lazy. That's why I only employ foreigners. All those are little seeds that are planted that that grow and, and, and uh, you know, germinate into divisions and, and, and have people looking at uh, themselves differently. I'll, I'll give you even, uh, we'll come back to the xenophobic attacks. I'm sorry. I'm an old man, so I tell lots of stories. I'll, tell, I'll give you an example of um, Zambia during the colonial times, right? In Zambia during the colonial times, the colonial masters were also very, 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 very masterful. They were conniving and devious. What they did is they would, they would employ certain tribes to certain positions. Uh, and there was a tribe called the Luvale tribe. It still exists. There's a tribe called the Luvale tribe. They were uh, employed a lot as janitors and people who clean in the buildings and mop up and clean toilets. So Along the way, they were looked down upon as a tribe. So you would say, I don't want to marry or I don't want to get married to somebody from that tribe that cleans toilets. Right. And, and, and those are seeds that are planted. And, 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 and I don't know why, but 
as a people, we always fall for those little traps. So much. <laughs> you know, and along the way, it, it took many years for people to get over that hump and say, but that is so silly. Who tells you that that is a dirty tribe because they're just janitors or they, they mop floors and whatever? Because other tribes were employed as account clerks and allowed to go to law school and da 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 da. But that tribe was like, oh man, not that tribe. Oh Lord, all they do is this and that. And 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 and, 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 and it, those are all you know fruits of seeds that are planted by the masters and and i don't say they're to blame holistically because we also have minds of our own and i think yeah. we we are able to pass judgment so i can't blame them a hundred percent but some of their conniving little plans have worked over time just like and you see it you see it today you see it even um in years past mm-hmm. right because in my in my opinion like i i don't know if you know if you remember because um I remember when the white colonials, the white apartheid guys turned the Zulus against all the other tribes in Soweto. And um, it was almost like that Moses in the Bible situation where Mm -hmm. Pharaoh ordered all the young guys to be killed, like babies under the age of two. So pretty much that same thing happened because they were, the Zulus were told that they were better than all the other tribes. So they should kill off all those people and I, I will remember because I was we had to hide my my cousin my baby cousin under mm. the the bed because Zulus were out there trying to kill them and these were all these seeds that were planted by the white man in people's minds yes uh, I mean look even the whole homelands division thing it, it was to make sure that you know if you look at South Africa because in Zambia it, it also happens they separated uh, people by the nine provinces and you needed to have like a pass or papers to go you know uh, into provincial you had to be given special permission nine times out of ten you lived and died in the same province you were born in now if you take yeah. it to south africa where like Ndevele's lived in kwandevele and zulus had yeah. to live in in, in homelands in kwazulu natal right and and yeah. the same for courses in the eastern cape and uh, and the western cape but you can imagine they, they divided us so that we wouldn't interact. And even yeah. though we're from the same places, when we first met, we were absolute strangers. Right. Now, right. even amongst, even before they allowed us to uh, integrate, they already started planting seeds to say, oh, you guys are better than those guys. Yeah. Those guys are loud and obnoxious. Mm. I'll tell you something. That was told to me when I first came to South Africa, which still today I find quite offensive. They were like, uh, Kaunda, so do you plan to settle in South Africa? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it seems like a cool enough place. I can settle here. They're like, watch out for closer women. I'm like, okay. So like all of them, yes, they're, 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 they're bad. They're loud. They're money hungry. All of them, yes. Like, oh, I hated every one of them. Yes. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, and that did not come from white people. Wow. That's hectic. You, you can imagine, like, and it's been interesting for me, type of thing, because I'm a foreigner. So, well, I used to be a foreigner. 
so it's it's been easy for me to almost be on the outside looking in right because certain people might feel more comfortable talking to me about certain things because they assume I'm not originally from here right so they might tell me oh man vendors are so backwards bruh no man you know what I'm saying like oh yeah Zulus are loud and they like to fight oh really all of them yes Okay. Come on, I want you to tell me about the 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 xenophobic attacks before oh, yes. we 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 move on. Let me know. Okay, okay let's go. <laughs> xenophobic attack. Okay, so <laughs> yes. So so the xenophobic attacks for me, um, they 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 they're rooted in those kind of sentiments, right? Where uh, foreigners have come here to steal our jobs. Foreigners have come here to steal our women. Um, you know, there was also the, the there's also the the notion that um, Nigerians are unofficial pharmacists that bring uh, illicit drugs to South Africa and um, mess up communities. Um, so I, I, I think what happens at a certain time when there's lack of service delivery from the government and yeah. there's frustration. There's, there's, there's unemployment, there's, there's hunger, there's poverty. I think sometimes when you strike and you pick it and, 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 and you demonstrate and the government doesn't seem to listen, you attack that which is closer to you and similar to you. Mm. So that's where they're like, actually, we're fighting about hunger. We're fighting about service delivery. We are, you know, fighting about lack of jobs. If we got rid of these guys who come to our country and steal our jobs, we will have jobs. Yeah. You understand where the thinking goes? So it, it's, it, it's not as simple as somebody just waking up today and saying, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smack me a foreigner. It, it, it's something that is built up over time. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a pain point. It comes from frustration. And, 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 and sometimes for people, most of the time for people, it's easy for them to attack something they can understand or somebody that can understand, somebody similar to them. So do you think then that, you know, us not being educated about the rest of Africa and how we are really brothers and sisters can contribute to such a thinking? I think slightly, yes. Okay. Actually, 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 quite a bit. Because if people like, 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 like the, the 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 ordinary, and I'm going to use the word ordinary in the loosest way, right? Mm-hmm. No, 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 because I don't want to end up in all sorts of trouble here. Yeah. The average, the average uneducated. Okay, let, let me even qualify it a little bit further. The average an educated South African yeah. thinks every black foreigner is an illegal immigrant. Yeah, just like most Americans. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it, you, you understand what I mean, right? So yeah. they, they, when they look at somebody, even if he's legally in the country, he's got his papers or whatever, the first thing that comes into their mind is that's an illegal immigrant. And when they're frustrated, and they see that illegal immigrant who's actually a legal immigrant and has found a job and seems to be living more comfortable than them, there might be some sort of feeling of resentment towards that. And why? Because 
they haven't been taught properly that a person can come from another African country, get legit mm. papers, and live in South Africa as either an expat or a permanent resident and contribute positively to the economy and potentially even create jobs for local South Africans. Yeah. So if they don't have that background, what's their default setting? Illegal immigrant. You know what I mean? So it's it, 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 it not as simple as saying, oh, these people don't understand. There needs to be an education process. The problem is there are other burning issues in a country like South Africa before you even start educating people about, you know, foreigners are not all, or not all foreigners are illegal. Right. And not all illegal people are foreigners, you know. And not all yeah. foreigners are black. That's another True. One. And and most foreigners that were attacked were the black ones. Yes, so, because I mean, because because it's easier to attack that which you can easily movie. relate to, that that looks similar to you, because you know how it will react. Yeah, you understand what I mean. Yeah. So black on black, it's easy. That's a black person just like me. He probably he's you know he lives in similar conditions just like me. Yeah. He doesn't have a gun. He doesn't live. In the suburbs, so I'll go attack him because you can't hire me. Yeah, so you know, you 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 attack that which is easier for you to attack and which you can relate to. Like, so I I, I think I, I, there, there, there's a lot of layers to it which go beyond just education and understanding, and uh, because you you've got to remember as well who is doing the attacks. And so they're saying, right. I didn't hear about guys in the law office of Kumalo, Temba, and Smith going to attack Chama, James, and Ndwandwe. You know, it, it wasn't that level of education, right? Right, it, right. It was, it was your, 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 your entry level, your, your lower LSM that was attacking each other. And that, that lets you know that a level of education comes into play. The level of poverty comes into play. The level of understanding comes into play and all, 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 all that kind of stuff. Because a guy who's potentially a lawyer, a doctor, a chartered accountant has taken time through their education process to understand how foreigners come to a country and how they can be legit and how they're also just trying to make a living because they're looking for opportunities in life and so on and so forth. So, um, I think there are many layers to it, and education and understanding are key to that. One of them. Yeah. So, Kaunda, tell me, what does it mean to be African? What does it mean to be African? First yeah. of all, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell my book. I'm, I'm I'm writing a book called What's in a Name? Copyright registered trademark. I'll see. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think to be African, first of all, you, you, you've got to have an African identity. And, I, and I'll say this strongly, and people will say what they want, but if, if you're going to be an African, you have to have an African name. And you've got to practice certain African cultural practices that go... What about our African-American brothers and sisters? That's why they try to connect through Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is not an American, an American practice, is it? 
The kente cloth is not an American cloth. You see, they, 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 they recognize the fact that they got to connect. That's why those that can manage come back to Senegal, come back to Ghana, come to Nigeria, they come to South Africa, Angola, to experience uh, their heritage. Their heritage. I mean, I watched um, a documentary, a short docuseries by Samuel Jackson called Enslaved uh, the other day. I, I watched all of them in one day. It's incredible. Uh, there were about six of them. And he came to, to, to Africa and uh, to the tribe after he did his DNA test and where they traced his roots. And he went there to get the full experience. And, 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 and I think if you want to call yourself an African, you have to have an African name. Second, you have to practice some form of African uh culture and you must also learn an african language because how are you going to call yourself an african if your name is james smith <laughs> how are you going to call yourself an african if you don't practice an african custom or a tradition of sorts how are you going to call yourself african if you you you, you don't speak an african language but we kind of alienate a lot of people, right, that were brought to a country without their consent. No, I will put a, kind of I'll, I'll put a caveat on that. Okay. The, 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 those are like stolen brothers and sisters, if you will. It is not their yeah. fault. And I, right. I, 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 I wouldn't judge them the same as I would say, and Tabi Singh decides... Change her name. See now you you're gonna you're gonna get my point now. Tabi Seng yeah. decides to change her name to Jane Johnson. Decides that she's gonna forget how to speak Zulu because she just doesn't like it, and then she's gonna stop practicing any of her cultures. Like even when you you know, and I, and I talk about little nuances. Like if your dad calls you, Tabi Seng, you say Vaba. You don't say huh. You, you know, right, right. Th those are little nuances. Th those are customary things. Those are traditional things that we're taught from being a child. Tabi saying, mama. Tabi saying, dad. You know, you know th those are little cultural practices that distinguish us from other people. Other people, they'll call you, Stephen, what? Stephen, huh? We, 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 we will get smacked. We say that, what, and her. And we, yeah. when, 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 you, when you hand your parents things, you don't just it to them you sort of genuflect a little bit right yeah when 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 we eat food we eat it a certain way we sit down yeah. we wash our hands we rarely use cutlery that, 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 those are african practices you know uh there are certain things that that that, that happen like um uh, traditionally uh, uh when a boy comes of age when a girl comes of age I'm all for those kind of things. Those are African customs. Those are African customs. Uh, there's certain that, things that happen when you get married. And Tabi saying there's certain like, things I'm that we do. Lobola. I'm still keeping Lobola. There you go. That's a tradition that's not going anywhere. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and, 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 and sometimes, as backwards as it seems, right, we, 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 slaughter, we slaughter and sacrifice and and pay homage to our ancestors, right? Mm. Some people don't do that, but in Africa we we, we slaughter 
animals to yeah. celebrate and to pay to, 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 to pay homage to our ancestors. You know, there's certain African customs, African traditions that we we, we, we must continue to, 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 to practice if we're gonna call ourselves Africans. So to me, uh, if you're if you're telling me that I'm being unreasonable by saying the three things, and those are just three basic things. African name, African language, African customs, right? That you yeah. need to observe in order to become an African. If you want to be a police officer, you need a uniform, you need a badge, and you need to train and get some practice, right? You want to be a priest, you need to go to preschool, you need to get your priest clothing, and you need to memorize a whole bunch of hundred prayers. Uh, same thing goes. You know, if you bumped into me uh, and I told you I was Japanese, would you believe me? Nope. No. Why? You don't look it, sound it, or present yourself that way. But I'm African, right? And, and I think right. an, an African should, the, the same thing should be happening. But, it, but if, you, if, if, if you bumped into a Japanese person, uh, uh, like, you, you would know they're Japanese, uh, first of all, by their name, because they have a Japanese name, right? Secondly, yeah. they, they practice Japanese customs, and they probably speak the Japanese language. And I think that being said, if you met a British guy, he would probably speak one of either the Queen's English or some Cockney dialect. He would probably have a Union Jack somewhere on his car. And he probably likes fish and chips, beans on toast, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Shepherd's pie. Right. You know, okay, I'm being, I'm being very simplistic here. I'm being very simplistic yeah. here. But, but, but we are who we are through our customs, languages, and names. So saying, do you think we observe Ubuntu enough as Africans and as a people? On not, not, not on the continent. No, they, they, they. And, and, and I think this is living separately and having our development uh, interrupted by the coming of the colonial masters and other people who I will blame. Uh, the, the architects of apartheid, the colonial masters, the slave traders. It, it divided us, and it disturbed that progression towards Ubuntu. Now we treat each other like outright strangers. And, How and, do you and, go back to that? We, we, it, it, it needs to start, you see, it needs to start at a very macro, micro level, then grow to a macro level. So, first of all, before South Africans can fully embrace foreigners from other African countries, they must embrace among, they must embrace each other. Mm, that's good. You see what I mean? So they must embrace. Now, once South Africans have embraced each other, then now they can start accepting Zimbabweans. Then now they can start. Even Zimbabweans amongst themselves, the Ndevelas and the Shonas are perpetually at loggerheads. And that mm -hmm. even shows with who becomes president and how, politic, uh, how elections become very tribal. The same thing happens in Zambia. In Zambia, tribal marriages are uh, a thing, inter-tribal inter marriages uh, uh, only became a big thing 
in the 80s and 90s for a country which gained independence in 1964. Wow. Only, only in the 80s and 90s were intertribal marriages just a thing that you, you wouldn't... Um, you, you wouldn't find strange. Like right now, it's not strange to find, you know, a Bemba marrying a Ngoni or a Bemba marrying a Tumbuka or a Tonga in Zambia. It's, it's not strange anymore. But back in the days, it was. I'll give you an example. In 2016, I was in Zambia for my sister's funeral. Now, my sister got married to uh, a man called Howard Walubita, who comes from the Lozi tribe from the Western province. Now, funny enough, um, uh, I am. I look like what Lozis look like. Lozis are very tall and dark, like me, right? So I went to the to, to the uh, hospital to get her death certificate. So I arrive, and then he reads. He goes. He reads my sister's name, Kabwe, which is a Bemba name. Walubita is a Lozi name. Then he goes, Kabwe Walubita. So this must be your sister-in-law, because I'm assuming you're Lozi. And I'm like, nah, it's actually my sister. I'm actually Bemba. Then he was like, actually, this is a beautiful thing. Now, this is an old man. This man is like probably 60, between 60 and 70. You know, he works at the, the office there. He goes like, this is beautiful. And this is what Kenneth Kawunda was talking about when he said one Zambia, one nation uh, back in the 60s and 70s because he wanted people to intermarry so that even names like Kabwe Walubita do not sound uh, strange. So if I may give you a South African example, Kabwe Walubita is like being a Temba Moshweswe. Okay. You see what I mean? Where one is either Zulu or Swati and the other one is Sutu. Right. So, you, so you're Temba Moshwesha. Then people are like, Temba Moshwesha, that sounds a bit odd. But no, because yeah. my, 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 my mom's Zulu and my dad is Sutu. So that, that was the, the, the situation with my sister because she married somebody from a different tribe. Oh! And I think I, I loved it because my parents uh, also loved it that I married a South African woman because that was even extending, to them it was extending the village further. That's the analogy they used at my wedding when they gave the speech. They said, son, we are, we, we are, we're proud that you've extended the village further than the borders of Zambia. And only through intermarriages, who nations of different, you know, tribes of different nations learn to live with each other and appreciate each other because they are now forming those connections. So first right. of all, I think we have to start forming those connections within our own countries then after we got that sorted out, we start going within the regions, then the whole African continent at one point. It sounds very, it's a very utopic way of thinking, but I believe, you know, we can't be perpetually misunderstanding each other. There's going to come a time where, whether it's our children or our children's children or the children after that are going to say, wait a minute, this is now nonsense. We, right. we, we, we need to get along. There's no reason why I don't like that guy just because he lives across the street. You know what I mean? So, so tell me then, in your opinion, what does finding Uhuru mean? Ooh. Uhuru. Uhuru is freedom, right? Uhuru no more yeah. freedom and unity, yes. Finding freedom. I, I, I think finding freedom, to me, 
is is eventually finding our true identity as Africans. Because I think our identity will forever be based on other people's uh, yardsticks, other people's measuring sticks. That's what we 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 judge our freedom on. Like 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 how even do we define things like democracy, freedom, and intelligence as Africans? We base it on a foreign standard, don't we? Yeah. So if you go to university, which is not a bad thing, because I've been and it's a nice place, um, people think that you're more intelligent than somebody who never went to university or you're, 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 you're more cultured. Just because maybe you know that the assassination of the Archduke Ferdinand is what caused the First World War, uh, you are more smarter than that guy who can tell you the birthplace and the death place and the amount of children that Shaka Zulu had and just because he doesn't speak English and you do, you're considered to be smarter than him. I, I think finding freedom for us will start with finding our, our identity and putting a value to that. Because I think we as an African people put more value on how foreign we can become. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. The more foreign you become, the more cool you seem. The more foreign you become, the more educated you seem. The more foreign knowledge you know, the more you're perceived to be part of the upper echelon. I know you're speaking to a guy who speaks English most of the time and drives a German car and wears American clothes. Yes, I know. <laughs> but... Essentially, we won't find freedom until we find pride in our own things, our own clothes, our own food, our own, even our own education system at one point will need to be rethought. We need to go back to our origins. We were not, we were kings and queens, never fortunate.